0: Welcome to the Shoreline Community Church Podcast. A community of love, acceptance, forgiveness, and belonging. For more information, be sure to check us out online at shorelinecc.com. Well, Happy New Year's Eve, everybody. And I'm so excited as we stand here on this day. Isn't it good to be together and encourage one another? Father, we give thanks because we know everything we have you have provided because you are faithful. You are faithful. And Lord, you provide in, in, in just so many different ways. But we recognize everything we receive is from our Heavenly Father. So Lord, we give now in tithes at first 10%. Lord, we give as, as an act unto you, unto you. Father, we give in missions knowing there are missionaries both local and internationally today that are shining the light and the love of Jesus Christ. Father, may you continue to flow through us as we head into this new year, Lord, with generous hearts, as as we have freely received, Lord, may we now freely give. So we give thanks to you for all that you've done. And Lord, I also pray for those, Lord, as as they're walking forward. Lord, every gift is a sacrifice, but Lord, for some, it's, Lord, as we head into this new year, Lord, there's needs that we're praying about. So Lord, I pray for all my brothers and sisters here today, whether it's a job or whether it's health, whatever it is. Father, we pray for provision, for a job, for opening, for whatever it is, you know the needs. And Lord, your your hand, your arm is not short. You reach out to us. So Lord, we walk by faith, believing that you're with us. And we give you thanks for all that you've done and all that you continue to do. And every thankful person said, amen. Amen. Well, on that note of thanks, that's actually, as I was thinking about today and what the Lord would want to share, the one thing that kept coming up in my heart was thankful. You know, this, in this time of year, many of us, we, we're looking forward to the year forward. How many of you have got your new planner already? Any planning people out there, right? Um, maybe it's digital, maybe it's paper, whatever it may be. One of the fun things that I love to do is my, my wife and I, we love to kind of plan out, right? Because if you don't plan your time for yourself, Somebody else is going to plan it for you. <laughs> and so we want to make sure that we get all those fun things in, which, which for me, you know, it's camping, it's kayaking, it's, uh, it's hockey, it's, it's getting together with friends, it's trying to plan out those good times away. Uh, there's some weddings in the future coming up, which are very, very exciting. And, and so we want to make sure that we get all of those things down. But as we walk forward, the Bible reminds us that before we do that or as we have done that, We want to pause and just to give thanks. You know, one of my favorite Psalms, and we read several of these already, but Psalms 100, verse 4, and you're going to see several scriptures come up that I'd like for us to read, but can we read this together today? Read this with me. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. And then Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, let's read this. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then 1 Timothy, Paul wrote this to Timothy, let's read this together, for everything God created is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with thanksgiving, because it is consecrated By the word of God and prayer. See, we see this pattern throughout Scripture, and even Jesus modeling the way, showing us how we are to walk. Before he did anything, he always gave thanks. You know, when he broke bread with his disciples, he gave thanks. When Jesus prayed, he gave thanks. In good times, in bad times, whether I'm alone or I'm surrounded or I'm sick or I'm healthy or I've got enough for a latte in my pocket or I'm like, man, can you give me a buck today for my latte? Wherever I find myself, I'm always to begin by giving thanks. So as we start this new year, as a community, as friends, I want us to just position ourselves for what the Lord would have us to do by focusing on how we give thanks. So we're going to look at just three things today. We're going to look at how thankfulness, first of all, it positions us. Positioning is important. So thankfulness, it positions us, but thankfulness, it also gives us perspective. We need to have the right perspective as we head into this year. And thankfulness, it does that. And then finally, thankfulness, it also empowers us. As we give thanks, we find that we have a power, we have this empowerment from God to walk through. So, Father, as we look at these three things today, all preceded by giving thanks to you. Lord, open our hearts to hear you. Open our ears to hear your word. So, Lord, speak your word through me. Speak your encouragement through me. Speak whatever you would say through me. Anoint my words. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight, almighty God. My Lord, my King, my high place. And everyone sit together. Amen. amen, amen, amen. Isn't it good to have the kids up here with us today? <laughs> amen. And just so you know, if kids are loud and talking, doing that stuff, it does not throw me off, okay? So first of all, thankfulness. Thankfulness, it positions us. It positions us. One of the things that, that keeps coming up, I think, in all the messages, I could put this aspect in front of almost everything that we do because the Lord works a lot in getting us in the right position because our position is important, isn't it? The importance of position that comes up in every skill. I remember uh, back in high school, one of my favorite things about high school, uh, you know, you may have some illusion that I was very studious in high school. I went to high school for the sports and the music and my friends. <laughs> and I learned a few things along the way. Um, don't get mad at me, Morgan. Morgan's going to get trained to be a principal, but um, you would have had a lot of work in my life. So... <laughs> But I, I loved being there, but I remember my coach for basketball, he worked so hard on the position. You know, he talked about a lot how we had to gain position, we had to widen our stance, we had to box out the other player, because if you were at a position, you could be scored on. And he always talked about it. if we were running down, he would yell out, position, get in position, because if you had the right position, you had the right opportunity for what was going on. And then when I went, went, went to college and I got with my piano professor, do you know one of the main things my piano professor talked to me about? position. said, Duane, where do you sit in front of a piano? I said, well, I just kind of sit down wherever you put the bench, Dr. Legate. She's like, no, you sit in front of middle C every time because if you're in front of middle C, your hands get used to falling in the right place and you can move from just staring at your hands to looking at the music. She talked about my finger position. She talked about my arm position. She talked about how we went through and and where I was and how I leaned into certain notes and not just trying to provide this just just from the wrist. This is all true, isn't it, Ron? You're a wonderful piano player. You know, the position in music is so important in every skill. And even when it comes to, even like, stepping in a boat, you know, we're surrounded by water here. But if you step into a small boat, where do you step? In the middle. Because if you don't, You're going to need a towel. Positioning is so important. In everything, in every skill, in everything that we're doing, we know that even if we are at a position, bad things can happen. If a car is backing up and you're at a position, bad things can happen. You never stand behind a backing up car, right? Um, You know, and even like sledding down a hill. A year ago, I was sledding down my hill. And actually, two years ago, I was skiing to church that morning. Remember that? But when the snow was here... Sledding down a hill, do you walk up the middle of a sledding hill or do you walk up the side? The side. She was like thinking here. Because you know if you walk up the middle of the hill, you're going to get knocked down. The position becomes very, very important. See, being in the wrong place at the wrong time, it makes us vulnerable. That's why position is so important. And as it relates to the life to the full that Jesus talked about in John 10, 10, he reminds us that to walking with Christ, we need to learn that in everything, we give thanks. In everything. And I love how the Apostle Paul was such a great example of living this out. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, Paul writes these words. He writes, always be joyful. Read the rest of this with me. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is the will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. See, Paul knew that the road ahead of him was going to have a lot of bumps. He knew the road ahead of him was going to have a lot of difficulty, a lot of things that, that he had to do. And he knew that as those bumps came up, not only in his life, but in everyone's life, that our natural tendency is to complain. The natural state of sin, the natural state of being out of alignment, the natural state... Now, at, at first, you, you may have enough energy to kind of keep it going, but when you get tired, when you get downbeaten, how easy is it to complain? How easy is it just to kind of give up ...and to walk through. And Paul knew this. And he also knew that we need to be careful... ...because complaining is so disastrous... ...because when we complain... ...we move from being in the right position... ...to being at a position. Complaining, it sidetracks us. I mean, this was the sin of the Israelites. They're, they're, They're infamous for this... ...that when God delivered them from slavery... ...he pulled them out of Egypt did all these miracles that all knew the greatness of God. It wasn't long before they got bored with the food. They started complaining about the manna, the bread from heaven that God provided. And it got so bad that no longer was the promise of paradise enough, they began to miss onions. Have you ever been so bad that you missed onions? Anybody miss onions? And I'm not talking about blooming onion. I'm talking about just onions. They were willing to trade the promise of paradise of their freedom. They were willing to give up their freedom because the food wasn't exactly what they wanted. And let me tell you this, that if the children of Israel were susceptible to it after seeing the Red Sea open up, after seeing all the great miracles that happened, we're vulnerable to it just as well. We are prone to complain, prone to wander. Oh, how I feel it. This is why everything in our life needs to begin with thanks. Thanks. The psalmist did this. When you look through the psalms, you see this line repeatedly. Psalm 106 begins with, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Psalm 107, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Psalm 118 and 29, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. Psalm 136, do you know what it says? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is, good. is God trying to tell you something? He's good. So give, give thanks. When Daniel was in exile, he gave thanks. When Jesus had to feed over 5,000 people with one meal from this little boy, the first thing he did is he gave thanks. He didn't say, What are you doing? This is one meal. Get away from me, kid. He said, No, we're going to give thanks. And a great miracle took place with leftover for everybody. But even on the night that Jesus was betrayed, do you know what Jesus did? He gave thanks. He gave thanks. As we head into this new year, we need to make sure that we are pausing and that we're taking a moment to begin everything that we do by giving thanks. And we need to do this because this whole aspect of giving thanks, I believe it does two things in our life. And the the first thing it does is thankfulness, it gives us perspective. When we are thankful, we have the right perspective. See, when you're lost, in order to get out, you need to have perspective, now, for a lot of us, we're so used to the Google app that like being lost, not knowing where you are, is kind of a misnomer. But have you ever had to go somewhere and lost cell reception? Or maybe the app didn't work or tried to update in the middle of it. Anybody go through that horrific nightmare? Where all of a sudden, you feel lost. See, when I was a kid growing up, if I wanted to know how to go somewhere, right, they, they would say, well, go down Main Street, then take a left on Smith Avenue. There's no Smith Avenue, I'm making this up. We actually only had one street, so it's pretty hard to get lost. But when I had to leave my town, they would tell you, turn left here, turn right here, go down here a ways where you do that. If you try to tell somebody directions today, they're like, why, why are you telling me? I got Google. Just give me the address. But when Google is gone and panic comes in, we find ourselves lost. And we're trying to find out where am I? How did I get here? Especially if it's a dark and rainy night and, and the wipers aren't working and you're like, how do I get home? How do I get out of here? We need to have perspective on where we are. That's why the first question, remember the first question after Adam sinned? What was the first question God asked him? He said, Adam, where are you? See, God knew where he was. But he said, Adam, do you know where you are? Adam, he needed perspective. And a lack of being content and a lack of being thankful with what God has done, it provided Adam an opportunity for sin. His sin began with the lack of contentment, with the lack of trust. This lack of thankfulness, it caused Adam to lose perspective and to begin to question God, and of course, the rest rest is history. So we need to learn from history, because as Winston Churchill and so many said, that those who fail to learn from history are what? They're doomed to repeat it. Any history teachers here today? Man, I wish I paid more attention to history when I was in high school. See, here's what I've learned. The lesson through all of this is that in every situation, when we're hitting the hard times, we need to stop first and we need to give thanks. See, I've learned that when I'm overwhelmed, when when fear tries to take over, when when life seems out of control, if I complain in that moment, it is game over. Complaining, it sidelines me. Complaining, it blindsides me. It, It gets me sucked into this mess when life's going tough and I begin to complain, it's like pouring gas on a fire. Don't, don't do that. Thank you, Val. But see, I've also learned that when life is tough, when I get hit in the side, when there's something happening, if I just take a moment to step back and I just, and I just take a knee for a moment and I say, God, thank you that I don't have to go through this alone. Thank you that you are here. Thank you for this opportunity that I have. It turns from being this overwhelming mess, this overwhelming, what could be a tragedy, and it turns everything around. Because in that moment, when I give thanks to the Lord, it moves my perspective from the problem to the provider. See, when we give thanks, it moves from life is tough, life is overwhelming, to going, oh, God is here. God is with me, God is in my life. And I begin to give thanks. You know, one of the things, we have early morning prayer at 9.30, which is really not very early. But at 9.30, we we get together on Sunday mornings and, and we pray. And one of the first things that we do is we begin to thank the Lord for all the things that he is. He's our provider. He's our rock. You know, one of the things that Judith prays is, you know, his arm is not short. He reaches out to us. We give thanks for all those things because what does it do? It reminds us that whatever circumstance that we're in, we're giving thanks and we're saying, God is right here. God is with us. He's in the middle of this. And it, it changes everything. This one practice, when things go wrong, when my cars broke down, when the paycheck's not there, when health things happen, if I just step back and I say, God, I'm, I'm going to give you thanks because I know you're with me in the middle of this. In the middle of this, everything changes. Because now I'm looking to the provider, not the problem. The problem's not going to help you. The problem's not going to do anything for you. And problems like to grow. Have you found that? Problems love growing. They love developing, right? They're like rabbits. They just want to grow and keep going. We have to look to the provider. You know, as, as I was praying through this message yesterday, I just began to think of, of, of that song. Maybe you know it. God, I look to you. You know that song? God, I look to you. I won't be overwhelmed. Give me vision to see things like you do. Is that perspective? That in everything, and the chorus goes on, I will love you, Lord, my strength. I will love you, Lord, my shield. I will love you, Lord, my rock forever all my days. I will love you, God. Is that perspective? That's why beginning the day with worship is so very important. Now pray to the Lord throughout the day, but I'm, I'm telling you, I don't know if having kids was the thing that did this in my life, but I discovered that when I get up early in the morning before anyone is there, and I'm, I've just got the word of the Lord and I've got my coffee. And who else is with me? Stanley, Stanley. That's, that's my dog, not the beverage cup. When I do that, my day is totally different. I'm giving thanks to the Lord. I'm being reminded that he is with me in every circumstance. It's beginning the day with God and saying, God, I recognize that you're here. That's why Paul said this. Paul said, I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or an empty stomach with plenty or with little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. He's writing this to people who are trying to help him out. And he's saying, look, here's here's the thing. In all these gifts, thank you, but I've learned the secret to being content. Whether you give, whether you don't give, whether I'm plenty, whether I'm sick, wherever I'm at, I know that I can do all things through Christ. That the Lord, he's moving in my life. See, what Paul is saying is that in all these situations, he's able to give thanks to the Lord because this is the response of every believer's life because our response to God is based on who God is, not what he does, right? Not what he does. We worship the Lord. We give thanks to the Lord because of who he is. If he did nothing else in my life, I have a reason to worship him. He loves me. He saves me. He paid for my sin, He's given me an eternity with him that one day when this life is gone, this life is a vapor. I know it doesn't feel that way when you're 13, but as you get going, you're like, man, time is slipping away. There's an eternity, and God has an eternity for all those who love him and have given their life to him. So if he did nothing else, I have eternity. Why would I not give thanks for that? And this is what Paul is talking about because a lot of times we, we, we get confused and we say, well, I tried praying and it didn't work or God's not working for me or this happened or I, th- I thought if you're a Christian it meant nothing happened. Well, obviously you've not read history. <laughs> See, God's promise is to be with us, to walk with us, to empower us, to enable us to become, to be overcomers. Just like we sang earlier that even if You put me in a fire, and even if God doesn't come in and rescue me, I will not worship the false God. I will still worship God. And if the flames consume me, I'm in the presence of the king forever. That's a perspective of a God who made us, who serves us, and there's something bigger than this life. Now, I love the miracles. I pray for miracles. I've received miracles. As a kid, my eyesight was starting to go away, and they brought me before the elders of the church, and they anointed my head with oil, and they prayed, and I was healed. Since then, I've abused my eyes and I need glasses again. But the Lord has healed me so many times. We've shared this before, that there have been times in our life where we've had medical needs with our kids and we didn't have the money or we didn't have the insurance. And before we could even share the need, we'd open the mailbox and there would be an unsigned envelope of cash there. We were at a church one time, hadn't shared the need with anybody. Steph and I were just carrying it. We're going, God, what are we going to do? And the pastor of the church walked up and said, someone said that the Lord told them to give $1,000 for you. And that was exactly the need that we had for that medical bill. There are other times that we've had to carry the bills for a while. (laughs) And the Lord has provided as we go and as we walk and he's strengthened us in this. See, I didn't stop worshiping the day that I went to the mailbox and I opened it up and the envelopes of cash weren't there, Right? Because we can get a formula and say, well, God, yeah, just you know, I've got this need. I'm going to walk down my mailbox. If you can just put the cash envelope there, when I get down there, great, I will worship you. That's a very dysfunctional, commodity-based relationship. We worship the Lord when it's there. We worship the Lord when it's not there. We worship the Lord no matter what because he is God and he is sovereign and he's going to help me walk through this. That's why the Bible says repeatedly by so many different authors in so many different ways, that we are to rejoice when we walk through trials of every time. It's like what James said so, in the book of James says it so well. Because when we turn to the Lord, it strengthens us. It enables us. It equips us. It gives us a testimony to walk with people who are going through the fire. See, so when you have walked through the fire with God, and now you see a friend going through the fire, you can walk over there real quick and go, the Lord is with us in this. We're going to walk through this together and I'm going to walk with you. I don't have all the answers. The Lord is with us. If it's chronic pain, is anything too big for God? He is with us. And when we stop, and when we give thanks, in all of these ways, we know that God is with us. He's our provider, and whatever happens, God, you are with me. You are the prize. You are in my life. And when you've experienced that presence of God in your life, there's nothing like it. Why would you want to serve anything else? Why would you want to reach for anything else once you've experienced that? And this all begins with giving thanks. I mean, why would I expect God to give me everything that I want? Have you ever had a child ask you for something that you're like, there's no way you're gonna get that? Have you ever asked God for something and then down the road you went, thank God he didn't give that to me? See, God taking advice from me, now I've got 52 years experience. God existed before time began. Taking advice from me would be like taking advice from an infant in how to drive a car. You would never do that. But yet sometimes we get so frustrated, we're like, God, why aren't you doing what I'm saying? Instead of trusting, God, you are infinite. You are mighty. I give thanks for who you are. I give thanks for your presence. I give you thanks for your power in my life. I thank you for the things that you've done in the past, and I thank you that right now in this furnace, you are with me, and if you don't give it, I don't need it, and I'm gonna trust you anyway. But I'm still gonna ask, but I'm gonna trust with the answer. That's not a lack of faith. That's a perspective on who God is. It's a perspective on who God is. Because we know in all these things, as Paul wrote in Romans eight twenty eight, he said, we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Everything that's happening in your life, when we surrender to him, there's a good, a transformation. That, that word good means he's transforming you, he's shaping you, he's getting you ready. But we only surrender to that when we pause and we say, God, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. See, everything that God does has a purpose. And he's working that purpose in us. That's why we begin every day, every moment by saying, "Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good." I don't want to miss out anything that God has this year. And if I don't start by giving thanks, I'm going to miss it. Or I'm going to become bitter. Do you want a bitter Canadian pastor up here? <laughs> My wife doesn't for sure. You give thanks. So be thankful today because when we do, thankfulness, it positions us with God and it gives us the right perspective that God is working, he's moving in our life and everything. But more than that, as we do this, thankfulness empowers us. When we walk in this way, there is a power in our life that is just undeniable. I mean, if you walked up to somebody who's just, they just have this, this spirit of thankfulness in their life and there's this power, there's this strength in them. I mean, this is even happened happen in, 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 in the coffee house. When I, was, I was working down in the coffee house uh, downtown Seattle for se- several years. And I'm not saying this to toot my own horn, okay? Because I have dark nights of the soul, believe me. But I had this young barista one time and say, said, Dwayne, why are you, you kind of positive? I know there's stuff in your life. I know you have kids. I, and I, she said, I know kids can be jerks sometimes. Her words, not mine. She said, what is this? And I said, it's the Lord. It's walking with the Lord. When we walk in this way, it stands out from everything around. We are in a just an angry, hateful social media where it's all about just just positioning and sides, and just and it's just so angry. I hear so many people talking about you know wh- you know what is it that makes life tough? And she's like, I'm just I feel like people can be so angry. Do you know what? It, how you will stand out if you walk through this life, just being thankful to the Lord in the middle of this. I mean, it stands, it takes so little to shine. When we're thankful, it empowers us. And people feel that. They feel the life. They feel the power of God as we walk in this way. But when you get around a bunch of people who are complaining, I mean, it's like death walked in the room, right? If it's just complaining and complaining. Now, I'm not talking about processing, there's healthy processing. We have a counseling office here with a wonderful Christian counselor. She is amazing. There's a difference in processing. There's a difference in mourning with those who mourn. There's a difference in walking and saying, man, I'm sorry that's going on in your life. Being thankful doesn't mean you stuff things. It doesn't mean you get dysfunctional. But there's a difference, isn't it? Do you know the difference? The difference in complaining and going, let's bring this to the Lord. Let's help. We, we, We need to share one another's load. But we need to be very careful of this complaining spirit. I mean, psychologists, they'll even tell you that, did you know that complaining is even, it's bad for your brain? Stanford University had this research, and they found that complaining, it actually it reduces the size of your hippocampus, which is responsible for memory and problem-solving. How many need better memories and problem-solving skills? Complaining caused it to shrink and caused you to even lose that. And the study even found that engaging in complaining or simply hearing someone complain for more than 30 minutes could physically damage your brain. So set a timer. (laughs) Now again, we need to carry one another's loads. I don't want you to stop coming up and saying, well... Pastor Duane, I, I don't want to share my prayer request because it'll kill your brain. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. We know the difference, don't we? See, complaining it will damage our brain, but being thankful it does the exact opposite of this. That's why Paul says, "You fill with anxiety, you fill with fear." There's nothing new about fear and anxiety. Paul says this. Can we read this together? This is one of my favorite verses. I wrote this multiple times during the day during COVID. (laughs) I wrote this down. Let's say this together. Don't worry. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and and what? Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Did you hear that? When we thank the Lord for what he's done, in the midst of our anxiety, in the midst of our fear, it says that we will experience it because you can't understand it. It doesn't make sense. We use our minds, but it doesn't stop there. God wants you to experience this in the middle of your worry, in the middle of your anxiety, in the middle of your fears. He's saying, tell God what you want. That's not complaining. That's telling God. And pray about everything. Pray alone. Pray with others. And then it says, and thank him. Thank him for all he's done. And then you will experience. You'll experience the peace of God. It surpasses, surpasses your knowledge. And it guards your heart and it guards your mind. See, we have a fresh new opportunity this year. We have a fresh opportunity. One of the things about the Lord is he makes all things new. He makes us new. He forgives our sins and he empowers us to walk forward. We have an opportunity. So I'd like for us to take some time The worship team, they're going to lead us, and as they sing, let's take a moment to give thanks to the Lord. And I've got a few reflection questions up, here. you know I always have these, but these are just prompts. And as the prayer team comes today, ask yourself, where am I struggling to give thanks in my life? Are there things in your life that you're struggling to give thanks for? (laughs) Instead of saying, thank you, God, it's like, thanks a lot, God. (laughs) I never asked for that. Don't put that under the tree. Where am I struggling to give thanks in my life? What do we do with that? We bring it to the Lord. We pray with one another. We go. We write it on the wall. We, you turn to somebody, say, "Man, I'm struggling with this. Can you pray with me? Can you help me in this?" And just ask yourself, as you're heading to to this to this year, how do people feel when you walk in a room? That's a great question to ask somebody that you trust who loves you that has confidence. You know, I go to Stephanie and go, Stephanie, how do people feel when I walk in the room? (laughs) Because my prayer is that they would feel the power of God through a thankful heart. So what do I need to do today? Give thanks. Let's all stand together today. Father, we give thanks to you. And Lord, as we now just sing the song of response Lord, I pray that we would respond in prayer, going to the prayer walls, going and receiving communion. What a great way to respond today before we head into this year to come up and just to take the cup and the bread and to give thanks for what he's done for us. Father, I pray that we would respond by giving thanks. And again, we, we give thanks. That's what we've been talking about today for all that you've done, all that you continue to do. Old things have passed away and your love remains the same. You're the cornerstone. You're the the rock that we stand on. So, Lord, help us. By the power of the Holy Spirit, remind us when we face situations that we would just pause and just begin by giving thanks. And whatever the outcome, Lord, we know that you're with us and that you're using it. You're using it to work your good, your transformative work in us, in this community. Help us, walk with us, Lord, as we head into this new year, Lord. Let this be a great year of, of, Lord, of just growing stronger as a community, Lord, of reaching out to the neighborhood around us. God, I pray for our neighbors, Lord, that this year, Lord, many in our neighborhood would come to know you, amen? They would know your life, your power, your love, who you are. So, Lord, shine through us. Let that spirit of thankfulness, men and women who are thankful, Because we are filled with the presence, the power of God in our lives. And everyone said together, amen. Can you just thank the Lord one more time this morning? We give you thanks, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Let's say this together. This is our benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace.